0: Just when it looked like the Vegas Golden Knights were taking one step forward, they take two steps back. 5-2 defeat at the hands of the Nashville Predators on Tuesday. Mistakes, mistakes, and more mistakes for the Golden Knights. We break down this game and we talk about just what in the world Vegas needs to do to get off this schneid. Welcome back, everybody. This is Locked on Golden Knights, and it starts right now. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nations Nights on Ice. And my hope is that you're having a better Wednesday than I am because, as you can tell by the sound of my voice and kind of sort of heard it on Tuesday's episode, I'm not really feeling 100% right now. It's been a little bit of a. Uh, little bit of a rough couple of days. Uh, It's a couple hours after the Golden Knights and Predators finished up their game at T-Mobile Arena, and I'm not feeling the best right now, but we got to keep on chugging through. We got to keep on doing what we do every day with this podcast. So first of all, welcome to everybody who is listening to this podcast for the very first time. If you have stumbled upon us and have no idea what in the world this shindig is, uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, depending on how the schedule works out when it comes to game coverage. And uh, along with game coverage, we also tackle news analysis and all of the same. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts, we are more than likely on there. If you are an Apple Podcast, uh, please feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review to let all of us know how we're doing on this here podcast. Uh, it's a brand new venture. We've been going on for about a couple weeks now, and everything is brand new, technically. It's all, uh, it's all a new adventure for us as we talk about the Golden Knights for 20 to 30 minutes out of your day. Uh, so all the feedback that we get is used for the good intention of improving this podcast, and any and all comments are always welcome here. So let's talk about Tuesday's game, the game that I initially thought would be a Western Conference final preview. You're talking about the Nashville Predators, a team that has won the Central Division multiple times over the course of the last few years, taking on the Golden Knights, a team that is expected to win the Pacific Division. And should everything play out according to plan, these are the two teams that will meet for a chance to play for the Stanley Cup. And here we are, seven games in, and the Golden Knights cannot beat anybody else outside of their division at this moment. They lose to the Nashville Predators 5-2 to two on Tuesday, and it's the same old mistakes that have plagued them for the last couple of games, especially in their losses, no- notably against Boston, notably against Arizona. It's those same mistakes that right now are costing Vegas Chances at very valuable points, and Tuesday was no exception. If you think back to the Boston game last Tuesday, where Vegas got off to a quick start, up 2 nothing, and then Boston proceeded to score four straight goals, and essentially take the crowd out of it, take all the momentum out of it, and the main theme of that game were the simple turnovers, the mistakes that are very uncharacteristic of a Golden Knights hockey team pretty much the same situation happened on Tuesday night this time around against the predators the predators got off to a quick start at 2:14 of the first period Kyle Turris scores make it 1-0 and then Vegas responds with two goals to take the lead into the first intermission and it starts with Mark Stone on the power play his third power play goal of the year his fifth of the year his 10th point already in 7 games and Vegas ties it 1-1 at 9:55 of the first and then Riley Smith scores his fifth goal of the season at 17-23. And the Golden Knights go into the first intermission, up two to one. They could not buy a shot to save their lives for the first five or six minutes. And then all of a sudden they ended up outshooting Nashville 18 to 10. So clearly the offense is running along very smoothly, and they're taking pretty much control of this game, it seemed like. Then the second period gets underway, and that's when everything just starts going off the rails for Vegas. Colton Sisson scores 44 seconds in, of the frame to tie the game at two. It initially, just takes the puck around the around the net, uh, fires an initial shot that's saved by Flurry. Uh, gets the rebound and then pots it through Flurry's right pad to tie the game. Five away to the second period. Callie Yarnkroc. Uh, on a one-timer off a great uh, move by Victor Arvidsson, who deeks around John Merrill, comes around the trapezoid, fires up Yarncroft for the one-timer, and it's 3-2 just like that. The Predators have all the momentum. And then probably the biggest gaffe of the night, when you consider how well Marc-Andre Fleury was playing in this game, the saves he was making it, were, were absolutely fantastic. 652 of the third period, Fleury plays the puck behind the net, uh, makes a costly error in playing that puck. Lands right at Philip Forsberg. He comes right around and puts in the open net to make it 4-2 to Nashville. And then finally, at four minutes of the third period, Nick Bonino scores his second goal of the year, this one on the power play, to make it 5-2 and your final score. So all in all, a two-point night for the likes of Nick Bonino with a goal and assist. Kyle Turris also with a goal and assist. Ryan Ellis with two assists. On the night, Pecarine who had not played at T-Mobile Arena and had not played against the Golden Knights since January of 2018 and who had entered this game having lost the last two times he faced Vegas, 33 saves in the effort, 943 save percentage, and Pecarine moves to 4-0 on the season for Nashville. As for Vegas, I mean, very off-night offensively, the top six does it again. Uh, Marsh Sultan Carlson with assists on Smith's fifth goal of the year. Stasny gets his sixth point in three games and Cody glass with an assist as well to give him three assists on the season. Outside of that stone and Smith goals, nothing else really was noteworthy patch was a minus one with uh, seven penalty minutes. He got into a fight. Mark stone got into a fight, by the way, Mark stone got into a fight with Roman Yossi. Two people that you really don't expect to get into a fight got into a fight. And if those are your big money guys, they're probably not the best ones. But uh, Stone, with one punch, one right hand, took down Yosi, And Stone served his five minutes uh, toward the end of the first period uh, after that kerfuffle with the Nashville captain. And then finally, Marc-Andre Fleury after a spectacular performance in the back-to-back, stopping 69 of 73 shots, Uh, looking fresh and looking stellar throughout the start of the season, especially when he's had to play more games than I think he would like to at this point. Uh, Made 34 saves but saw 39 shots, which if you're the Golden Knights, you need to find a way to limit that traffic in front of Flurry, and you need to find a way to limit those shots, especially if he's going to be playing a lot of the games coming up uh, with Malcolm Subban's status still up in the air, uh, he's going to be seeing a lot of shots, and they've and the Vegas Golden Knights have to try and make sure to limit that as best they can. A lot of it's on the defense. A lot of it's communication. A lot of it was on the power play. Flurry had to make a lot of saves on the power play as well tonight, so not, not an ideal situation if you're Vegas, and especially with that second period, the way it went down, uh, not an ideal night for head coach Gerard Gallant. Yeah, we made three real bad mistakes in the second period. You know, we played a real good first after the first four minutes. I thought our game was perfect. We played real good, and that second period was tough. I mean, we gave them three goals, and that's what happens. You get behind the eight ball, you're pressing a little bit. So we made some mistakes tonight that uh, aren't characteristic of our hockey team. So here's what we know pretty much about this game. For 12 to 13 minutes, Vegas was the better team. For the other 47, 48, they were not. And the only reason why they weren't was because of a six-minute lapse in the, in the second period where the mistakes cost them. And we're going to take a look at those mistakes and see how easily correctable they are and what they can do to avoid it going forward. Because, again, the season is still early, but the sample size is growing. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of reason for at least a little bit of a concern if you're a Golden Knights fan. Uh, but first before we get to that, uh, I did get a question asked to me from SoCal Knight fan who was kind of enough to leave a little rating on the uh, on the pod for Maple Podcast. And uh, he's a fairly new hockey fan and Golden Knights fan listening in North San Diego County. Went to a few games in Vegas in last year and his whole family is Golden Knights fans, so that's that's pretty awesome. But he did ask a question to me and is Vivid Seats better to get your tickets? Well, I mean, if you look at the game on Thursday against Ottawa, tickets are going for at least 82 bucks a pop. So that that's uh, that's pretty good. If you haven't been to a Golden Knights game yet, Thursday might be the chance to take you and your family to see Eric Brandstrom make his quote-unquote return to Vegas. I mean, because, of course, at this rate, Branstrom's going to put up four points because he's so mad that he got traded for Mark Stone. But if you are thinking on going to the game this weekend, or really to any of your favorite live events, Vivid Seats wants to get you there. Vivid Seats is a marketplace where their goal is to make memories that will last a lifetime. All of that starts with downloading the Vivid Seats app through your App Store or Google Play. If you download the app and create an account, you'll automatically be enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, where you can get credits back for all your purchases. And here's the best part. If you're ready to make your first purchase through the Vivid Seats app, you can go and put them all in the cart, enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout, and then you can receive up to $100 in discounts on your very first purchase. How freaking awesome is that? You can save money and enjoy yourself all at the same time. So make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's V-I-V-I-D SEATS, promo code POSTSEASON. So if we look back to all three of Vegas' losses this year, there has been one common theme. And it's a really a surprising theme, because when the Golden Knights were taking the hockey world by storm a couple years ago, they were much better in the second period this time around they absolutely are horrid in the second period, giving up two goals against Boston, giving up two goals against Arizona, and then giving up the three goals tonight against the Nashville Predators. So when you look really at the la- at those losses, the key theme here is little mistakes that cost Vegas the game. Let's let's look at the Boston game for example. Uh, the first the second goal by Marshand uh, early in the second period, Theodore Shea Theodore turns it over. Puck lands at David Posternak's stick. He flicks it. Marshans already off to the races. He's already got one man to beat, and he just fires a laser right past Marc-Andre Fleury. They take the lead, and they eventually go on to win the game. Arizona, this is more tailored toward the beginning of the first period, or not the, not the beginning of the first period, the later of the first period, when Nick Schmaltz scores that goal. There was a turnover in the uh, defensive zone by Vegas. Arizona retrieves it in the neutral zone, and then they have the numbers three on two, and then they go ahead and score. They take the 2, one, uh, two nothing lead, and you know outside of Theodore scoring that goal toward the end of the uh, toward the end of the first period, there's really no chance Vegas comes back to win that game. This one, however, the third game, this Nashville game, a lot of problems abound. We'll look at the Sisson's goal first. The fact that he gets the puck, circles it around behind the net, initial shot saved, gets it back, beats it under uh, Flurry's right pad, ties the game 2-2. If you look at it back, and kudos to Ken Bolke from Sinbin um, who caught this after the game, Ryan Reeves is just standing in the slot doing nothing. He's not uh, he's not going after the puck. He's not making a play on the puck. By the time, <coughs> excuse me. By the time he makes a play on the puck, Sissons is already right, in, right, well in the crease. And by the time that Reeves actually goes ahead and makes a play out of it, uh, there, there's nothing to be had there. It's already too late, and Nick Hague can't do anything about it other than watch him put in the rebound. So that, th- that's that was a situation where you're really concerned about the whole, the the lack of, I, I guess you don't want to say carelessness because Ryan Reeves actually does care about what he does. But even if he, and this was another thing that Ken pointed out. If you go back to the first goal of the game, the one call the one scored by Kyle Turris, Reeves is just coasting. He's just coasting into the defensive zone and he's, you know, calling out assignments and he's not nowhere near the play like that. That's not, that's not an ideal situation. That's totally uncharacteristic of what Ryan Reeves has done when he's been in Vegas. I I don't want to say that it's lazy. I mean I think Gerard Gallant used the term lazy to describe that sequence, but I don't think it I I have not would have a hard time trying to figure out if Ryan Reeves is actually a lazy player. That but that was a that was a bad sequence from him. And that was really with him on the ice, that's two goals, and that's that's not something that you, you'd like to see from Ryan Reeves, especially the crowd that's already unhappy that he's making close to $3 million on the fourth line. Then the second goal, the one from Callie Yarncrock, who, ironically enough, his very first goal, the very first goal scored by the National Predators against the Vegas Golden Knights a couple years ago was scored by Callie Yarncroft, and then he has the game-winning goal tonight. So it all comes around uh, full circle, and I believe uh, good friend Willie Ramirez of the Associated Press was the first one to be on that. Uh, But Yarncroft's goal was another situation where maybe I'm misjudging it a little bit, but as uh, Victor Arvidsson gets the puck into the attacking zone, John Merrill and Nick Holden are are on their way back. And by the time Arvidsson gets the puck, it looks like Merrill and Holden just slow up. And then there's no real battle for the puck. And then by the time Arvidsson gets along the half boards... Merrill starts kind of going full speed at him. And by the time Merrill gets up to him, Arvidsson just dangles around him, completely dekes him out of his skates, comes around the net, and then there's Yonkrok just waiting at the right circle and fires up the one-timer. And then by the time he shoots it, Marc-Andre Fleury has no idea where the puck is. And and that's a situation where you're looking at that pairing, that Merrill-Holden pairing, and you already know that they struggle enough because not one of those, neither one of those guys makes any plays in the offensive end. So you're pretty much relying on them for their back-checking and you're relying on them for their defensive presence. And then that was just a bad goal to give up. And, that, and that's not something that, I mean, the communication needs to be better there. And the communication needs to be better. There needs to be better pursuit on the back-check. There needs to be better pursuit of the puck. And for Merrill and Holden to kind of slow up well, right after they get into the neutral zone, that that was bad because you can't let Arvidsson get the puck and just you can't let him make plays because he's going to make plays like that. He's very capable of doing that. So that was a bad look for that one. And then all of a sudden, it's it's uh, three to two. Nashville has all the momentum. And then when you think, and then when you can't think that things will get any worse, less than two minutes later, when Philip Forsberg scores his goal and extends his point streak to six games, Mark Andre Fleury. Now, this is typical Marc-Andre Fleury, the rebellious one who will make the dangerous plays from time to time, and you have to live with the results. This one, on the other hand, when you're already down one and you make a bad play along the boards, yeah, that, that's got to be a better play from Fleury. And I think even he would be the first one to admit that and just how bad of a play that was. Because you look at it, Forsberg's coming up from behind on the along the boards, and Flurry tries to get it to Theodore, tries to clear it off the boards of Theodore, and then Forsberg's just right there. Like, I, th- I don't even think Flurry wanted to hesitate at getting the puck out of there. And by the time that he got the puck out of there, Forsberg already had the puck in the net. Like, that, those are three mistakes that can be easily corrected. And if they're easily corrected, Vegas is in a better situation right now. The problem is the mistakes have been constant for three games, the three games that they've lost. And I, and again, I, I don't want to harp on it saying that it's, that it's troublesome that Vegas continues to make these mistakes and it's going to cost them their season or anything like that. But it is worth noting that A, they do miss Nate Schmidt. B, they miss Alex Tuck. And C, it's just the simple things. The simple things that even – really not, not a hockey – I'm not really a hockey novice, but I, I'm not someone who can look at that and say, oh, then that should not be happening. You know what I mean? That, that is one of those situations where even if you're the casual hockey fan, you go, why are you doing that? And to me, that's where the Golden Knights need to get better. They need to take care of those little mistakes because the first periods of at least the Boston and the Nashville games show that Vegas can compete on that level. But when they shoot themselves in the foot and then all of a sudden they find themselves incompetent of even playing the simplest of hockey, then they, then they, run, out of, then they run out of juice. And that that's where Vegas is going to struggle against a lot of these top tier teams. You can't make those kinds of mistakes against teams that are, that are going to be contending for the Stanley cup. You can't make mistakes against those teams that you're likely going to see in the playoffs. You can't make those mistakes. And again, it's game seven. They're probably going to clean it up. I have no doubt that the golden Knights are going to clean up those mistakes and they're going to be a lot better for it. But at the same time, we're now gaining a small sample size. And we're gaining a sample size that is them struggling in the second period to the extent of which they are. And if they don't clean it up and start playing better in the second period, then we need to start having a conversation about, well, how can you fix it? And even if you look back to the Calgary game, when Vegas took a one nothing lead into the second period, Calgary scored twice in 33 seconds in the second period and took the lead before Vegas finally put the clamps down and ended up winning the game. I mean, I mean that, that, that's another instance. I had completely forgot about it, but that's another instance where you give up two goals in 33 seconds, and then all of a sudden you're down 2-1. Thankfully, Vegas had enough wherewithal and enough uh, offensive sense to come back and win the game. And fortunately, Calgary didn't beat them with, uh, with Johnny Gaudreau and company. It was pretty much the bottom six of Calgary that was taking care of business. So the way I see it, Vegas needs their guys back. They need, better, uh, they need their better players out for defense. They need the better players ready to go for the forechecking. And they got to cut down on these, minim- these little mistakes because these little mistakes are going to cost them in the playoffs. And this is a team that I still believe can win the Pacific Division and win the Stanley Cup at least this year, if not this year, next year. Because they're, they're that good. But you can't be making mistakes like that against the national team. You can't be making mistakes like you did against Boston. You can't be making mistakes like you did against Arizona. And even though it was a short-lived time, you can't make mistakes like you did against uh, Calgary. So Vegas does need to clear it up. And the way you do that, go back to playing simple hockey. The, the, the simple hockey that you played against Los Angeles, I think, was the best stint of simple hockey that Vegas has played all season maybe you want to count the San Jose games, but the way they played against uh, Los Angeles, given the ice conditions, given how they played a basketball game earlier before, the rink conditions were not great, and they went out and played simple hockey, and they beat them 5-2. Like That's the kind of hockey that Vegas is capable of doing. You can get simple hockey out of your top six, and they're still going to be one of the best top sixes in the league. But everybody else, for some reason, feels like that they can just coast and play like flashy and and it's not like any of those plays were flashy. I mean, the flurry goal that he gave up to Forsberg was probably the worst example of that. But it's just, those are the things that you need to clear up. And until Vegas does that, you know, this is going to be a very cautious time, at least until Nate Schmidt comes back. And, And I know Nate Schmidt's not going to fix everything. Like he fixed everything when he came back after 20 games last year, but it, but it helps It helps knowing that you have a defenseman that's going to be more aggressive on that because Merrill-Holden pairing is not getting it done. And then I don't know what to make of the whole Reeves thing, but hopefully they get it situated rather soon. And Flurry, you live with that. You live with that. You don't like it, but you live with it. And I'm sure he didn't like it either. So easy mistakes. They're fixable. Seven games in. There's still 75 games left. Plenty of time to get those fixed. But you would like to see Vegas clean up those mistakes against better teams, teams that have been there and done that. So the Golden Knights do sit at 4-3 and on the season, and they welcome the Ottawa Senators to the T-Mobile Arena for the first time this season. And it is the first time that Mark Stone faces his former team, the team that traded him to Vegas at the deadline and not only will Mark Stone be facing his former team, we're likely going to see Eric Branstrom make his, make his uh, T-Mobile Arena NHL debut, which is kind of exciting. And now that I think about it, Branstrom's probably going to go off for like four points, five points, just because he's going to be so pissed that he is not on the Vegas blue line, which, I mean, I think Eric Branstrom would make the Vegas blue line right now as currently constructed. At least I like to think how crazy of a situation is that. by the way, Montreal with Nick Suzuki, him on the top six, Eric Branstrom is a top four defenseman for Ottawa. Cody glass is a top six, top nine forward. It's all coming together in, in the land of the triplets for the golden Knights. So very exciting times to see, uh, Ottawa and Vegas puck drop is set for seven o'clock on Thursday, uh, for, Thursday's pod, though, we will more than likely be hearing from Mark Stone and his thoughts going into this game. And clearly, he loves the city of Ottawa. He's already made it known very clear many times that he's happy to be in Vegas. But you got to wonder if there's a little bit of a a little bit of a fire that can be lit with him facing his former team, because a lot of the guys here that have already been playing for Vegas for a couple of years, they got they got up and ready to go when they face their former team. Might be a little bit of a different situation with uh, Mark Stone, but we'll see how it goes, and we'll figure all that more out tomorrow. So thank you all for tuning in. Again, I know it isn't the best time with me, uh, not 100% right now, but happy that we can chug through it and happy that we can uh, deliver this episode to you coming on the heels of the Golden Knights losing 5-2 to to the Nashville Predators on Tuesday. Again, they will be against the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday. Thursday. So thank you all for tuning in. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Danny Webster. Thank you again for tuning in. And as we do with every episode, we're going to let the music play us out. You all have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.